Amen. While they're slipping out, if you would go ahead and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and also Colossians 3. I'll only be reading one verse from each one. Amen. You've heard the scriptures before. At least I hope that you have. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 31 says, So what, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, say whatever I do, do all to the glory of God. Whether I'm eating or drinking or hanging out with my friends or coming to church or driving around in my car or shopping at the grocery store, whatever I do, do it all to the glory of God. Colossians chapter 3 verse 17, and whatever you do, there it is again, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Amen. Tonight, for just a little bit, I want to talk to you on this subject, laying bricks or building cathedrals. Laying bricks or building cathedrals. Can we go to the Lord in prayer right now? Lord, we love you so much. We thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, that you have allowed us to be in your presence one more time, God. We thank you for this very opportunity that we have on a Wednesday night to be with your people, God, and to leave changed by your presence. God, I pray right now that you would anoint this word. God, open every heart and soul tonight. God, and we give you glory and honor and praise. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. Amen. If you're sitting beside your spouse tonight, you might want to scoot over and put about two chairs between you. Because tonight, for a little bit, I want to talk about attitude. Attitude. Attitude is a settled way of thinking or feeling about someone or something. Behavior. Typically one that is reflected in a person's behavior. A settled way of thinking. We can have attitude and it be a good thing. But when I say the word attitude, I don't know why, but for some reason, my mind automatically jumps to the lady at the DMV office working behind the desk. When I hear the word attitude, I think of some sassy lady with her hand on her hip and the other finger in my face waving, "Uh uh-uh. That's what I think of when I think attitude. But attitude is not always a bad thing. Your attitude is simply a way of thinking or feeling. And you are expressing what you feel by your actions. You can have a good attitude. You can have a bad attitude. You can have a careless, lazy attitude. But our attitude and how our behavior is exhibited and what we do is more important than we ever realize. There is a huge connection between attitude and success. Yet, changing our attitude is one of the most difficult things in the world. 
especially if you've got a stubborn attitude. I might know a little bit about that. If my mother was in here, she'd say amen, but she's in the nursery right now. But changing that attitude is not always easy. Changing your reaction to circumstances is not always easy because it's who you are. It's how you've been raised and how you respond to those things that go on in your life. If you notice the word literally in its definition says a settled way of thinking. This is how I feel about this. I don't care what anyone else says or does. I'm not changing what I think. That is an attitude. Or somebody who says, well, I'm, I'm pretty open to whatever you feel. And if we can sit down and talk about this and I'd be happy to listen to you. And that's a, that's a pretty good attitude. Well, this is just the way life is. You just need to get over it. There's another attitude. It's like the man who woke up one morning and he was sitting there and he said, man, it sure stinks in here. He walked into the next room and said, it stinks in here too. Everything he went to eat, it stunk. Every room he walked in, it stunk. He walked outside and guess what? He went to get some fresh air, but he walked outside and he... Man, the whole world just stinks. He had a negative output on life, but little did he know that his grandchildren had snuck in and put Limburger cheese in his mustache while he was sleeping. And when he woke up... He was walking around thinking it was everyone else and it was all the other things going on in the world. That was the problem when the problem was right under his nose. The whole world stinks. That was his attitude. His attitude towards his situation was based on how he felt about the situation. And he allowed that to determine his response, which was negative. John Maxwell said, one thing motivational speakers will always say is attitude is everything. Attitude is everything. If you can believe it, you can achieve it. You ever heard anybody talk like that? You say, well, I feel like y'all preach like that sometimes, brother. Brother, if you just believe it, you can receive it, name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. He said, I feel like motivational speakers use that to create a platform, but he said, I, I would strongly disagree with that comment. He said, I know a lot of wonderful people with incredible attitudes who have never reached their dreams. He said, attitude is not everything, but it is the difference maker. He said, it is the very thing that can make a bad day turn into a good day, just depending on which side of the fence you're standing on. Attitude cannot substitute for competence. He said, if you have a great attitude, but are incompetent, then you are never going to get where you want to go. I have a great attitude when I go and play golf. I enjoy the weather. I enjoy riding around on the golf court. Golf cart, I enjoy pulling out the clubs like I know what I'm doing and walking up there and standing like I know what I'm doing. My attitude towards it is wonderful. I can believe all day long that I can eagle every hole, but the truth is my attitude does not change my ability or lack thereof. 
So it does not matter what I think about my golfing and my attitude towards my golfing. If I, every hole, I'm triple bogeying it, at the end of the day, I can't look at myself in the mirror and say, man, you're on your way to the PGA Tour. It's not an attitude problem. It's a Landon can't golf problem. But there are some people that they think, man, if I just have the right attitude, it's all going Unfortunately, that's not always the case, but it is a difference maker. It is the thing that lets you go out there and when you do triple bogey a hole, you're not snapping the club across your leg and throwing it in the closest pond. And I've seen people do it before. Absolutely lose their mind over a game. Because it's the attitude. My attitude cannot substitute for my experience. There are jobs that people say they can do and, oh yeah, man, just hire me and I'll, I'll do everything you need done. I'll do it just like you need it done. I'm capable. I, I can handle it. And they say, all right, well, we'll, we'll give you a shot. And turns out they didn't do it just like they said they could do it. Brother Tony, you ever worked with anybody like that before? Oh, I, just, just let me in there. I'll, I'll take care of business. I'll handle it. And when you come back, it's a totally different place and not in a good way. But rather, there are people who are experienced and their attitude is maybe not as confident, but they are well capable because they are experienced at what they are doing. It makes a world of difference when you plug in someone who knows what they are doing. My attitude does not change facts. Faith does that, but not my attitude Facts say that Moses is stuck at the Red Sea. Facts say that Abraham is going to be forced to kill his son. Joseph is going to die in prison. That's what facts say. Facts say I will never be an opera singer singing on stage. And you say, well, Brother Landon, I have I have a good attitude. I, I, I believe that I, I'm going to do that one day. But the facts are you can't sing. And that's okay. God didn't call everybody to be teachers. God didn't call everybody to be singers. God didn't call everybody to be basketball players. But just because you have that attitude that says, well, I, I want to do this. And and the facts are you might not can do that. You say, well, Brother Lynn is being mean tonight. You say, well, what if God is asking to sing? Well, he equips those who he calls. Right? So if you can't sing... Then just go in the shower and sing when nobody's home. Maya Angelou said, if you don't like something, change it. If you can't change it, then change your attitude. Some of us have wasted 40 years of our lives trying to change our past, trying to change someone, trying to change circumstances. When the truth is, maybe it's not going to change. It's just the way that it is. It's just the way that they are. We read the same book over and over and over again, expecting it to end differently than the last time that we read it. And then we get frustrated when it didn't end differently and we slam the book down and say, well, I'm tired of that. That book won't end the way I want it to. It's already written. There are people who have lived the way they are for 60 years. And they're not going to change just because you don't like how they're acting. Well, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that. 
Well, you're not going to change them. But you can change your attitude about them. You can change your attitude towards that person. You know what they call it when you do something over and over and over again and you expect different results? They call that insanity. That is why those people that we cannot change drive us the most crazy. We lose our minds and we just, oh, I'm going to get over their wall one day. I'm going to break through that wall one day. I'm going to tear that down one day. Because we go through it over and over and over and we expect them to change and it never does. Quit reading the book and expecting them to change and allow yourself to see their book in a brand new light. Allow yourself to step back and say, you know what? It's who they are. But my circumstance and my attitude can change. I can control how I feel about that person. I can control the thoughts and emotions that come in my mind when that person's being difficult. It can happen. If you change your attitude, what a difference it could make. Your attitude does not stay good automatically. Shucks. You mean it's just not going to happen? You mean I'm just not going to wake up happy? No, I don't. My wife does, but I don't. You mean it's not going to just, everything I do, life's just going to be peaches and rainbow and ice cream? Nope, it's not always like that. But the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. It says that you can restore the joy of your salvation. It says in Acts that Paul said, I think myself happy. You can control the way that you feel about situations and circumstances. You can look in the mirror and say, okay, dude, life isn't changing. The people around you are not changing. The circumstances every day that you face, you've been facing it for years. It's not changing. Perhaps you need to change your attitude. Perhaps you need to wake up and say, okay, today I'm going to be happy. I'm going to smile. I'm going to show the love of Jesus. I'm going to do that today. And it may not work. But it's better than what some of us are doing now. I'm not going to talk to anyone until I bet. Oh, another day. Oh, where's my cup of coffee? I'm not going to talk to anyone until I get my cup of coffee. Oh, I better not see anybody driving down the road today. There is a work that has to be done sometime to make sure we keep a good attitude. Like the farmer once said, the hardest thing about dairy cows is they never stay milked. Our attitude is like that. The hardest part about maintaining a good attitude is it just never stays that way. It's tough to keep a good attitude when you work with knuckleheads. It's tough to keep an attitude when you get out on I-45 and traffic's backed up and the people are honking at you just because you are in the lane beside them. It's hard to keep a good attitude when floods come. It's hard to keep a good attitude when the devil's knocking on your door every time you wake up in the morning and every time you lay your head down at night. It's hard to keep a good attitude when your children are being rebellious and they won't answer your phone when you call them. All the parents said, Amen. But it is better to maintain 
a good attitude than it is to try to regain one. We have to understand that some things in life are beyond our control. And while we may not get to choose what happens to me, I can determine what happens in me. My circumstances around me may not change, but the attitude inside my heart can change. And I can say, you know what? You've bothered me long enough. You've gotten my family long enough. You've gotten all in my mind and my thoughts. But no no longer are you going to do that because today I'm thinking differently. Your attitude about the areas that you do not control will be the difference maker. Your attitude makes a difference in your approach to life. Ask a coach sending his team out to play a game. Attitude towards the game has great influence on the outcome of that game. It is said that LSU used to have a live tiger at the end of their tunnel in a cage of the opposing team. And when that opposing team would begin to run all excited because they were about ready to go beat LSU football team. And they'd get to the end of that tunnel and that tiger would be sitting there. They weren't so excited anymore. They suck the morale right out of them because it's hard to keep a good attitude and to know that, hey, I'm going to go out there and win this game. But the outcome doesn't look the same when you're not sitting there with a good attitude. Ask the children of Israel when their attitude was, I can't, we can't, we're never going to, God's not going to do it. How is he going to do it? It's impossible. We should have stayed where we were. We should have died there. We should have. You look at their life when they begin to complain and grumble and gripe and they had a sour attitude. God. Did exactly what they expected. God was saying, you know what? I Look at what I've done for you. They wandered and they died and were lost because of their attitude. Moses tries to bargain with God and explain to God why they were the way they were. Well, God, you know, you just you, you've done a lot of awesome things for them. And now they're kind of spoiled because of you. And 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 now that we're in this situation and we're going through all of this, God, now now they're upset with you because you're not doing the miracles like you were doing them. And you're not just it's not happening all the time. It's not cut them a little bit of slack because now and they're they're upset with you, God. And can you please spare them and cut them a little bit of slack? Because after all, it's, you know, kind of your fault is essentially what Moses is telling God and explaining to him. But God says, I will pardon them as you have requested. But as surely as I live and as surely as the earth is filled with the Lord's glory. Not one of these people will ever enter that land. They have all seen my glorious presence and the miraculous signs I performed both in Egypt and in the wilderness. But again and again, they have tested me by refusing to listen to my voice. They had a bad attitude is what he was saying. They were not responding in a good way. They were not being thankful of all that God had already done. He said they will never even see the land. I swore to give their ancestors. None of those who have treated me with contempt will ever see it. 
But my servant, Caleb, not just Caleb, but my servant, Caleb, has a different attitude than the others have. Caleb sees things a little bit differently. Caleb was the one that went over to spy out the land and came back and said, we can do this. We can be victorious. We can defeat them. And then throughout the whole process, Caleb was the one that was saying, come on, guys, get a get a smile on your face. Come on. Don't you remember what God did for us? Don't you remember all the blessings that God has given us? And God was looking down and saying, I see a group of people over here who are walking around around discouraged and frowning and frustrated and then I see my servant Caleb who was thankful who walks into the house of God maybe not everything is going right but he has been faithful he's been a servant to me he's lifted his hands when it wasn't easy he's prayed when it wasn't easy and I have seen that and I have taken notice of that and Caleb he has a different attitude He has remained loyal to me, so I will bring him into the land he explored. His descendants will possess their full share of the land. That's awesome. Because one man said, you know what? I'm not going to allow circumstances to change my attitude. I'm not going to allow what I see with my eye to determine my outcome in my spirit of what I know God already promised me. God told them, it is yours, you go and take it. It is yours, you go and take it. But those ten came back, oh, I don't know about that. God already said it, it don't matter what you think. It doesn't matter that you went and you saw, well, we were as grasshopper in their eyes. They were, they were like giants to us. Surely they will defeat us. But old Caleb, he came back and he said, I, I don't know what these guys are talking about. They must have rolled over on the wrong side of the bed this morning. But when I went, I saw a land that was just as God promised. I saw a land that that surely we can win this thing and we can move our families into and we can inherit the promise of God. We can do this. They were people both going into the same land to spy out, but not everyone saw it the same way. And it wasn't because some of them need glasses and contacts and the others didn't. It was someone else did not trust the word of the Lord. It was because one trusted the word of the Lord and someone else did not trust the word of the Lord. It was because someone remained faithful and was a servant to God and somebody else murmured and complained in the tent. It was the attitude that was the difference maker. Successful people do not have success because nothing bad ever happened in their life. There are doctors who grew up in rough homes and rough neighborhoods who said, you know what, I'm not going to live this life and I'm going to make sure I change some things and I'm going to do something different. There are superintendents in the UPCI whose fathers were drunks and abused them and and cursed them and wished that they would die. But guess what? God got a hold of them and God saw something in them. And they were young men who said, you know what? I don't want to be like daddy. I don't want to do that like they did. And they made a decision to change. And if anybody had a reason to have a sour attitude, it was them. If anybody had a reason to say, well, why would a God that loves me let my daddy do that to me? 
But those were the people that said, you know what? I can change my attitude about these circumstances and I can find a place in God and God can reach down and put his hand on me and use me. There can be two children who live in the same house, both abused and both go through the same struggle. And one of those children can follow in the abusive footsteps. And the other child can say, you know what? I'm choosing a different path for my life. I'm choosing something different. They could both very well follow after that lifestyle. Or they could both come out and make a change to be different. Some of you grew up in homes where there were drugs. But you chose not to follow. Some of you grew up in abusive homes where there was alcohol involved. But you chose Not to follow. It was an attitude inside of you that says, I don't want to live that life. I don't want my kids and my grandkids to have to see that life. I don't want to talk like this the rest of my life. I want to change. Some of us grew up being cheated, but you choose to control your attitude. And you said, I want to make the best out of every situation. While attitude is not everything, we can easily see how my attitude towards life is a huge component for living for God. Chuck Swindoll wrote a piece called The Power of an Attitude. He said, the longer I live, the more I realize the impact of an attitude on life. Attitude to me is more important than education than money, than circumstances, than failures, than success, than what other people think or say or do. It is more important than appearance, giftedness, or scale. It will make or break a company, a church, or a home. The remarkable thing is we have a choice every day regarding the attitude we embrace for that day. We cannot change our past We cannot change the fact that people act a certain way. We cannot change the inevitable. The only thing we can do is play the one string instrument that we have. And that is our attitude. He said, I am convinced that it is 10% of what happens to me in life. And 90% of how I react to it. And so it is with you. He said, we are in charge Of our attitudes. You can go through circumstances. They had who had horrible circumstances. But in their circumstances. They had faith. And they had a good attitude. The three Hebrew children. When they went and they said. We will not bow. And our God. He is able to deliver us. But even if he doesn't. We still will not Bow. Well, that's a pretty great attitude to have. Abraham, knowing what was being asked of him, said, you know what? God, you promised me that it would be through my seed that the earth would be blessed. And I know right now what you're asking me is difficult. But God, I have faith that you're going to bring me out of this somehow, some way. And that God will provide himself a lamb. God will provide himself a sacrifice. It was the attitude of those men and women of God that made the difference. Matthew 5 speaks of some that came to give sacrifice. 
and we look at that and say, man, that's great. That's wonderful. They came to offer gifts to the Lord. They came to offer thanksgiving and a sacrifice. But it's not always, not always in just what you give. It's not always that you show up to church and you lift your hands and you sing the songs. It's the attitude that is involved in it. It is the heart that is involved in it. He said, so if you are offering your gift at an altar and all of a sudden you remember that your brother has ought against you, he says, you go and first make it right with your brother and leave your gift before the altar and be reconciled to your brother. And then then you can come and offer your gift. What was he saying? He was saying it's got to be done with the right attitude. It's got to be done in the right spirit. Pastor touched on it Sunday before last about the woman with the two mites. Others gave, but they gave with a different attitude. They gave boasting about how much money they had and how awesome they were. But this this woman came and she just laid her hand there and just gave all that she had. It wasn't the amount that they gave. It wasn't who they were that was important. It was the attitude in their giving. They all gave, but it was in the attitude. Mark 7 and 24, Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it. Yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was Greek, born in Syrian. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. He said, first, let the children eat all they want. For it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. And she replied, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply... For that attitude that you have, when I pretty much told you no and go away, but you had an attitude that was saying, oh God, I'll just, I'll take anything you give me. I'll take just a little bit. I'll take the very crumbs that fall on the floor. I'll take just a little bit. He said, because of that response, because of your attitude towards the situation, you may go, the demon has already left your daughter. The Bible says every man according as he purposeth in his heart. So let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for God loveth a doing for the full giver. It's in your attitude. It's in your heart. What you're doing for the Lord. It matters how you do it. Mary and Martha both were involved in making Jesus feel welcome. But Jesus said one of them has chosen The better part. One of them saw the big picture. They both were involved in a work. They both were trying to please Jesus. But one of them said, I I see the big picture here. Christopher Wren, who designed St. Paul's Cathedral in London, which is listed as one of the most beautiful buildings in all of the world. He wrote about the reaction of construction workers who were asked what they were doing. Those workers who were bored and tired responded by saying, well, I'm just laying bricks. I'm here doing my job. I'm here fulfilling my purpose for the day. And just so I can work until it's time to punch out the clock. And then I'm going home and going to bed. 
I'm just fulfilling my duty. I'm doing my my service to to this construction job that's going on here. I'm carrying stones and just playing my part and keep on keeping on. But one worker who was mixing cement seemed cheerful and enthusiastic about his work. He was smiling and singing and seemed so joyful. And someone then went to ask him what he was doing. We've already asked all of these what they were doing and their response was, well, we're we're laying bricks and we're working and we're doing our job. But this man, he replied by saying, I am building a magnificent cathedral. Both doing the same exact thing, both Involved in the work that was being done. Both involved in the structure that was being built. But some just said, oh, I'm just, I'm just here laying bricks. I'm just here doing this until the boss comes and tells me I can go home. But there was another guy. He said, I see the big picture here. This isn't about me. This isn't about me building bricks, but I'm going to be a part of something. I can tell my kids and my grandkids and their kids, hey, look what I did. I didn't just lay bricks. I built a magnificent cathedral. It wasn't just me. There were other people involved. But man, isn't that exciting? Isn't it exciting that I get to be a part of something so awesome? Isn't it exciting that I get to be a part of a much bigger work? Isn't it exciting that I got to play a small part in something so wonderful? I wonder how many of us come in here sometimes and we say, oh, I'm just singing in the choir this morning. Brother Clyde T asked me to sing. Oh, I'm just fulfilling my purpose. I'm just laying bricks. I'm just here to to do my reasonable service. And and I'm just here to let everybody see that I was faithful to the house of the Lord. But I wonder how many come in and say, "I, I see a bigger picture. I'm not here just laying bricks because it's what I'm supposed to do on Sundays and on Wednesdays. But there's a much bigger picture, a much bigger work that I get to be a part of. That I get to tell my children, I'm I'm building God's kingdom. I played a part in teaching a Sunday school class. I, I played a part in praying with some people at an altar and watched them receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. I know right now it doesn't look like a whole lot, but one of these days we're going to see it. And we're going to look back and say, man, look what we did. Look what we did. We made it. We made it pendulable, not because we laid brick after brick, but because there was an attitude that said, we can do this. We can build cathedrals. We can help build the kingdom of God. We can do something great. In Genesis 4, the Bible says, when it was time for harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Say some. Laying bricks. I'm just doing my part, Lord. I'm here with my punch out card tonight. I want you to punch my card so when I come back the 10th time, I get a free Holy Ghost outpouring. I'm laying my bricks tonight, Lord. I'm here on Wednesday night. I'm giving you some. Here's here's my some. But the Bible says Abel also brought a gift. The best portions of the firstborn lambs from his flock 
And the Lord accepted Abel and his gift. But he did not accept Cain and his gift. Well, bless God, why not? I laid bricks too. I played a part in this too. I was over here doing my part and I I gave you some of my stuff. I gave you some of my offering that I had, Lord. I gave you some of the work that I put in. It was to help without all this stuff. I played a part in that. But here was Abel that said, God, I'm a part of something much bigger. I don't want you just getting some. I want to offer you my very best. And because of the attitude difference, because of the difference in their heart and their giving, God said, I'm not only going to accept your gift, Abel. I'm going to accept you. I'm going to let you be a part of something much bigger. I'm going to allow you to play a much bigger part in all of this. And then this guy over here gets angry and says, well, that's not fair. I've been laying bricks too. And God's looking down and saying, you're missing it. It's not about laying bricks. It's about building cathedrals. It's not about what you're doing and how, well, he gave this much and I gave this much. It's the heart you're doing it in. You gave God sloppy leftovers and you're expecting to get a wonderful blessing. But there's Abel who's saying, God, I'll do whatever I can. I'll give you my very best. I just want to see something great become of all of this. I know my mom and dad made a mistake in the garden. But God, I know I've got some good praise to give you. I've got some good stuff to offer you, Lord. And I'm not going to just offer you some. I'm going to offer the very best. God says, Cain, why are you so angry? Why do you have a bad attitude? You will be accepted if you do what is right. If you have a good attitude like your brother, things would be different. Again, both are giving. They both offered sacrifices, but one gave some and one gave his very best. It was their attitude. Let's stand. I'm certainly not here tonight to preach about giving. That's not my job or my place. But I do, however, find it very interesting that there are so many references in the Bible to giving and our attitude towards giving. So many times. Because I think that that's, the Bible says, the love of money is the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil. The love of money. You might not have it, but you might have a love for it. That's me. When God says, I, I, I'm wanting you to be a part of something bigger. Not just coming and getting your punch out on your card. Not just laying bricks. Not just coming tonight so you can tell pastor you were here on Wednesday night. But that everything we do, whether eating or drinking, or hanging out with our friends, going out to Cracker Barrel tonight after church, laying bricks, teaching a Bible study, coming to prayer meeting, coming to Wednesday night, coming to youth service, whatever it is, do it all for the glory of God.
When you do that, you'll do it in the right attitude every single time. When you say, God, this isn't about me. This isn't about what I'm doing. This isn't about laying bricks. God, this is a part of something so much bigger than me. God, and I'll do whatever it takes. I'll play any part in it. When we do it all for His glory, that is the big picture. Work. The word work in Scripture actually... Another word for work is worship. Worship. God wants us to enjoy work. Not laying brick after brick. But God, I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful that I get to work. I'm thankful I get to serve. I'm thankful I get to teach a Bible study. I'm thankful I get to teach a Sunday school class. I'm laying bricks, but it's for His glory. It's for a better kingdom. It's for revival. I'm laying bricks, but it's for a magnificent cathedral. I'm teaching Sunday school, but it's for His glory. I'm praying more, but it's for His glory. I'm being a witness in my community, but it's for His glory. I'm a part of something bigger tonight. I'm singing in the choir, but it's for His glory. Whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. If you look at what you're doing as something to just get you by, something that will allow you to settle, you will never be truly satisfied. You'll just be laying bricks the rest of your life. If you walk around with the attitude of, well, I'm just carrying stones. I'm doing this or that, or I'm, I'm just here. So about the work being done right now. But if we can remember we are doing this as unto him. We are doing this because of something greater that's coming. It's not about what you do. It is how you are doing it. The attitude you are doing it with. I can remember when I was a kid I used to get asked. Boy do you need an attitude adjustment? And I didn't like to give that answer. And I was kind of scared of what was going to come after that. But I want to ask you tonight. Do you want an attitude adjustment? You want to say, God, I, I haven't been doing everything like I should. I've, maybe I have just been coming out of habit. Or I've been praying just because it's what I'm supposed to do. But God, I, I want to make sure that I am everything I'm a part of, everywhere that I go, every person that I talk to, everything I'm a part of at the church. God, I don't want to just lay bricks. I want to build cathedrals. God, help me tonight, God. God, I want you to change my attitude, change my heart. God, I don't want to just lift my hands because everyone else is lifting theirs. I don't want to just sing because the words are up on the wall. God, but I want to worship you. God, I want to play a bigger part in all of this. God, I want to do everything that I can, God. But no matter what I do, God, I just want to make sure it's for your glory. I want to make sure that it's for your purpose. I want to make sure, God, that it's the plan that you have set in place. God, not because I'm here out of habit. Not because I'm bored, God, but because I want to serve you. I want to live for you, God. I want to build cathedrals for you, Lord. God, I want to give you everything I've got. 
If you want God to work on your attitude tonight, would you come up to the altar for just a moment? Lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, I want you to change me. Change my outlook on life. Change the outlook of how I've been doing things. God, I'm not a bad person. I'm a good person. But God, I, I haven't been looking at it the way that I should. God, I've been thinking of it as a job or a responsibility. God, when really it's my worship. God, really it's a part that I can play in your kingdom. God, really there's more that I can do. I can do it with a smile on my face. I could act like I'm excited to be here. I could get with the preacher when he's preaching. Oh, I can sing with my whole heart. No wonder the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. That was in his heart. Oh, God, I pray tonight, God, that you would adjust us. God, take our attitude, Lord. God, and change it, Lord. For everything we do, God, we do it for your glory. We have your kingdom in mind. We have the lost in mind. God, let us be intentional with our worship. Let us be intentional with the words that we say. God, let us give cheerfully. God, let us be thankful, Lord, God, to be in your presence. Oh, God, I want an attitude adjustment tonight. Oh, I want you to change my heart tonight. Harabokoriya talabahaya satalabokoriya bahaya.